Hello, hello. Welcome to the Queen's Chambers podcast. My name is Rebecca. I'm the founder of Rise Rain Rule Coaching, a recovering financial advisor, yes, still recovering, and serial entrepreneur. And I just want to thank you for tuning into the inside of our podcast where we talk about the difficult topics of being an entrepreneur, the real topics of business as a woman, as a fierce woman, and the raw points of being an entrepreneur, sharing strategies and digging deep into all things spicy. In today's topic, we are talking about healing codependency inside of your business. And, you know, one of these, when we come into the codependency space, there are so many places that we can call references forward. And I'm just going to dive into um, a little bit of the mentality, and then we're going to go into a little bit of the tendencies, and then we're going to go into some of the things that you can do to heal. So at the first part of this, you are the source of everything, babe, right? You're a fierce woman in business. You're on a mission in all that you are. And I'm sure that like me, people come to you to just pick your brain or, Hey, can I get some of your advice on something? And you probably step in and give great advice to another business owner, sharing with them how to improve their revenue or their profits and keeping them accountable, checking in, Hey babe, how's the business going? And then following up and always quote unquote, being there for them, because that's just the type of connector that I am. All the while, our business ourselves is begging for more revenue, more prospecting and leaving you feeling exhausted and your life feeling a million miles away from where you want it to be. Or maybe it's centered inside of relationships where you give great advice on how they can reconnect and, you know, bring the spice back and how they should trust the process. And all the while you are spending weekends alone, watching endless hours of TV series, and you are feeling so depressed and so lonely behind the scenes and simply don't want to share it. See, codependency thrives on these core beliefs that if I overgive myself to others, even to the point of burnout and self-harm, they'll need me and therefore, they'll never leave me. I saw a brilliant post on exactly this the other day. I was scrolling through my Facebook, and I saw this post of this uh, loan officer that said, hey, if your loan officer isn't responding to you on a Sunday evening at 8 p.m., you should upgrade with me. What does it tell you about the person's relationship to their business? If you need me and I'm here for you, you will never leave me and you will love me. Or the things that we say as beginning business owners who want to be there 100% for their clients because they don't want them to feel like they got sick or they didn't have didn't have like some sort of loss inside of their program or, you know, that they, that they gave enough constantly. And think about the types of clients that this attracts. Think about the types of relationships this attracts. You see, codependency thrives on core de- beliefs that if I overgive to myself, 
and I overgive myself to others, even to the point of burnout and self-harm, that they'll need me and therefore they will never leave me. When we were young, we learned that in order to get our needs met, we met other people's needs first. And we identified that by doing that, well, then I can be loved. And then I'll have more of a presence and then I'll be seen. Oh, that's a good thing. But when all of our energy goes from the outside in instead of the inside out, there is a habitual patterning that begins to kind of kink inside of our businesses. When we recognize that the main shadow of codependency is self-abandonment, we get really, really curious when it comes to the codependency that we have inside of our lives in a couple of different fronts. I mean, sure, we talk about codependency inside of relationships as a constant point of, hey, this is a problem, right? And codependency, the root of the word codependency is dependent. And that derives from the theory of attachment, which is very, very, very heavily studied. And attachment style refers to the ways that we develop relationships. It refers to the emotional bond to a specific emotional thing that we connect to, whether it's a partner or a business. Inside of the work environment, right, codependency is rarely used, if, if at all, to be honest with you. I started researching this topic. I, I was surprised at how little information there was on codependency in business. A codependent relationship is one that there are dysfunctional patterns in which these patterns create major energy spikes around the fears of rejection, the fears of loss, and the fears of abandonment. And so typically someone will farm a particularly dominant relationship with someone who is a little more submissive. Said another way, there will be a place where there's an emotional attachment where one person is feeding another person and they operate as one. Inside of different attachment styles, you could imagine how there are layers of understanding in all of those different patterns. And if I overlay this into a business patterning, it gets very, very interesting very quickly. I either have a secure attachment with my business. I have an anxious, insecure attachment with my business. I have an avoidant, insecure attachment with my business. Or I have a disorganized, insecure attachment. This is very interesting from a couple of different levels, right? When you teach your children to really connect, you're influencing them on a variety of different levels. Your presence is about showing your child how to love, how to feel love, how to feel safe, how to feel secure and, and feel protected. This is the basis of what leads to attachment. When you're building a future inside of a relationship, you have 
so many layers of that, right? Secure attachment is I'm available, I'm sensitive, I'm responding and I'm accepting, but I'm also not constantly available. And it's not something where like, I am anxious that you're not going to show up again, right? Anxious is very needy. I get very angry. I I might be a little distrustful inside of my relationship. And so I will be a little more demanding, maybe even a little more clingy as a child, you know, hoping that my distress will enforce that my parent will step in to react and say, oh, no, 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 baby, you're okay. Or if I'm avoidant, I'm going to minimize my feelings. I'm going to reject all of my demands and I'm not going to help with anything that's difficult. Isn't that interesting? You may have different layers of these attachment styles with different parts of your business. And then, you know, there's finally the last one, which is disorganized insecure attachment, which comes into a place of more aggressiveness, refusal of of care, where I'm not going to take any sort of care from anybody. I'm just going to become super, super self-reliant. I'm going to do everything by myself. And even though it's considered disorganized, it is the child strategy of becoming organized. So that's the basis of where that comes from. So most of the time, the child doesn't have the ability to become organized because they don't have the understanding of what is needed to be organized. And if you think about these layers inside of your business, inside of each of these attachments, There is toxicity inside of this that could arise inside of your business. And then you attract different types inside of your basis of your type of relationship. That's going to get a little confusing. So I'm going to use an example. If I am a, let's take the last one, a disorganized, insecure attachment style. I want to do everything myself. I don't have clarity on my strategy for it, but I am resentful and angry and disassociated, and I'm going to develop these aggressive behaviors toward my business to get things done. And if anybody tries to tell me anything differently, let me tell you how I got to this point. You see how that could pattern out into a lot of different layers of scenarios inside of a business. I'm going to attract a certain type of clientele because that type of pattern could be very, very attractive to them. Versus if I have a very secure attachment where I'm available, I'm responsive, and I'm accepting, but I also have very, very clear boundaries. I have a healthy self-esteem. I'm very much in touch with my feelings. Um, I'm not going to tolerate as much in that space because I know where my boundaries are and I feel confident inside of that. I'm not going to take a project that's too big to try and prove myself. I'm not going to try to overdo something to make a person feel happier. I'm not going to overpronounce my my abilities. I am simply going to be able to create space for them in a different way. And these layers are very, very important for different types of businesses at different types of times. 
And, you know, I don't want you to take out of this podcast, you know, oh, I'm an insecure attachment with my business. And so I'm, I'm always stepping in to swoop in and save it. Now, this is why I tell my queens inside of coaching, you are not a savior. You are a queen. There is a difference. Because the type of woman that wants to be a savior is what type of attachment style? If you would like to DM me on Instagram on your guess on that, I would absolutely love it. I'm actually not going to answer that and we're going to continue. So at the basis, what is a codependent relationship, Rebecca? Like really, what, it, what does that mean? It, it simply means that there is a dysfunctional pattern of something energetically spiking very high around a, peer, a person's fear of rejection, fear of loss, fear of abandonment. And typically there is some sort of energy pool of the one dominant side of a person and the other submissive side of a person. And it is not about an equal relationship or an equal yin or yang. It's about a compromising relationship where if I do not resign these needs, my person will not be super happy and which will punish me for what my decisions were, whether unconsciously or consciously. And then I will feel badly and I will want to compensate to fix it because we operate as one person. So I'm not okay if that person is unhappy and they are not okay if I'm unhappy. Now in the terms of a business, in the case of a codependent leader, a codependent business owner, are you breathing certain characteristics into your business unknowingly and unconsciously and attracting a certain type of clientele? It's not unusual to see that a lot of these pieces come into play subconsciously or unconsciously. We're attracted to certain people and we're attracted to certain people inside of our business and we're attracted to certain people inside of our lives. And if we detect that a person may feel a void or may have something missing, that void in us is something that is yearning to reach out and solve that for that person. And so we, as a codependent natured person, will base most of their business needs on feelings versus facts. And so how do I know if I'm a codependent leader, Rebecca, or business owner? Or, you know, how, how do I actually find this out? You know, it, it goes back to the, the childhood space of, of overcompensating that, that communication of, okay, if I love you and love you and love you, I get this attention, I get this understanding, I get this appreciation, and we can connect on a different level. And sometimes that feels really, really good. You feel like a whole person with that other person. But Inside of leadership, it's not as easy to identify, especially when you reach a very high level of success and you are able to kind of pull those weight, that weight around. Signs of their codependency may be induced in the space of lack of trust that, well, nobody can do this job better than me. 
it may come into a position of perception of non-performing where, oh, see, these employees don't know what the heck they're doing. I can do this better. And, and they're being lazy. And very oftentimes, a lot of these leaders will have very ineffective communication skills or ineffective communication, meaning non-existent communication, resulting in a total breakdown of avoidance versus having open and very direct conversation about deficiencies and how to fix them. Codependent leaders also have a propensity to have this really deep desire of cooperation from everybody. They want to include everyone in the decision-making process, which is nearly impossible if you've done this as an entrepreneur. And if you haven't yet, I'm just letting you know it is nearly impossible (laughs) because it will have an effect on the decision-making process and it can cause massive delays, massive action hesitation. And then that leader appears to be completely incapable of making any decision and they start to stagnate. A lot of these needs and these feelings from others tend to have more weight on them and they find themselves feeling that they are more important than their own feelings and needs. And these leaders or business owners or entrepreneurs may have difficulties even asserting their own authority and asking for what they want to, or, or need. And so some people will say, well, Rebecca, well, what's the difference between that and indecisiveness? Well, you know, actually, there are a lot of differences between that and indecisiveness. It's, it's not so much the indecisiveness about it, right? You can be indecisive about a lot of things without calculating and weighing the needs of others constantly. But for, exist, for, for example, right, you'll also find that codependency is nuanced in a way, but also very, very clear. So I'm going to flood between codependency and interdependent uh, relationships and just kind of breathe some space into you being able to, as a listener, really identify, okay, maybe I'm slightly codependent. Maybe this is not me at all. So codependent says, I need you to feel okay and you need me to feel okay. Interdependent is I can depend on you without losing myself. Codependent says, I must worry more about you than about myself. Interdependent me says, I can love you and also love myself at the same time. Codependent says, I must say yes all the time. Interdependent says, we both know it's okay to say no. Codependent says, you are responsible for how I feel good or bad. Interdependent says, neither one of us blames the other on how we feel. We feel how we feel and we are safe there. Codependent says, when you're unhappy, I fall apart and I lose myself. Interdependent says both of us can listen to one another's needs without feeling completely threatened. Codependent says any hint of separation makes me feel insecure, unloved, unattached, and alone. 
interdependent says, we both know we are individuals and I love exploring what makes us different. Now, let me just use a couple of these pieces inside of a business pattern. I need my business to feel okay because then I'll feel okay. I must say yes because this is my business. When my business is unhappy, I completely lose myself. I had a good or bad day based on my business. I can't do this without this because I have to work on my business. I'll tell you how I feel after I talk to this person for my business. So as you can hear inside of this, there are layers, at least I will say for myself, you know, years ago, I had a very, very strong codependent nature inside of everything, inside of relationships, inside of business, inside of so many layers of things. And I'm totally not ashamed of saying that. As a matter of fact, I think that um, there was a study that I just recently read that codependent relationships are present in approximately 86% of people in the world. Finding how to enjoy alone time, finding how to feel differently than what the quote unquote results were feeling into my own body and feeling very safe in that space has been a journey, let me tell you. (laughs) And it's a fun journey. It really is. It's so interesting how the soul really starts to settle inside of yourself and you feel so free and so confident and so released into this beautiful place of knowing that I can trust myself to put my needs first. Yes, there are parts of that that I desire to be committed and I am a thousand percent committed, but I'm not going to hold this commitment just because this commitment is present. I'm going to feel into myself and feel the truth of where I'm at to find out if this is really what I desire inside my business. I can say what I mean without being mean or demanding. And I can also admit that I don't know it all. And I don't have to. That space of interdependence is a beautiful area to release the obsessions of the things that we're not in control of inside of our business. I was talking to a girlfriend the other day and she was like, yeah, one of my girlfriends was telling me, you know, you're so boring because all you talk about is business. And she doesn't get it because she's not a business owner. But when I talk to you, you understand. And this weighed on my heart very deeply because I hear this, I hear shadows of these conversations from multiple people. And it sat with me for a little bit in a very different way this time because I felt like oof, she's missing the rest of you. You know, she's missing missing the rest of who you are as a woman and, and how much joy I find when I'm around your spirit and how happy you are, how creative you are and, and all these other layers of, of who you are as a person. And this didn't come up for her. She was very much on the opposite side of this of like, you know, I need to find more business owners that I can be around. I need to find fill in the blank. And so 
before we really flood into the sadness of codependency inside of our business, I actually say that there is a joy and understanding that that's present. Because if I can understand that it's present, I can begin to pour into myself and more deeply understand what I'm seeking inside of my business to fill me up in other places. Said another way, I can show up to other friendships talking about other things that make me happy and find a more beautiful brilliance inside of my life across a variety of domains. But it's also really freaking hard. Finding out how to stay connected to myself while running a business, being in a relationship, raising kids, keeping my body right while having all the answers and always showing up on point. Like really, Rebecca, what, what are you asking for me? <laughs> and I totally understand, right? Because there, there's this place of the way that the world operates, operates in very masculine identifications of what success means. And our job as women or our brilliance as women is to marry the two sides together, to marry the feminine inside of us and the masculine inside of what we find exciting and thrilling into this beautiful balance of expansion, understanding, and depth of joy. Because there are so many different layers of codependent relationships that I could get into. You know, you've got um, so many pieces of codependency. From the severe to the passive to the active, there are so many layers of it. But acceptance of all of us acceptance of of who I am right now and receiving ourselves. Now, going back to the beginning of this podcast, right? I'm I'm talking to you about how self-abandonment is the root of codependency. Think about that. Think about it. You're losing yourself inside of your business, my love. And you're doing it voluntarily and so unconsciously. Think about your last three days. Last three days, no matter where you are in the week. No judgment. I understand that weekends sometimes, you know, incorporate some work and you layer in some of those places. But where's the ease? Where's the grace inside of your business patterns? Are you on a hike with a girlfriend and you're chatting? And you're like, oh my gosh, I just had this great idea. I'm going to land this inside my nose. One second. I just need to pull this out and I just need to put this down. You know what I'm talking about. We've all done it. Or you're on a date with your partner and you're like, you know, can I just run this one thing by you? It's been really like in my head and I, I landed it with my coach, but I also want to talk it out with you because like, I feel like you always have great perspective and you know, it's really stressing me out. And you're not even seeing your partner in front of you as a man, as a soul. And instead, you're bringing in all of this chasing, all of this energy of 
I need to figure out how to make this succeed so that I can value myself according to where the business values me. And that threads those that that blah, blah, blah. that threads through everything. That threads through our time by ourselves because we feel like we're not connected to our partners and we're wondering why. It threads through our time with our business because we show up exhausted and we have no identity outside of our business. It shows up in our, the ways that we're raising our children and what they're learning from us and what they're taking away with regard to the way that you are an entrepreneur or the way that you're a business owner. Think about this, really feel it in your heart. Allow yourself to go into this place because you cannot change it unless you feel it. We're in a culture of entrepreneurs who shifted the plane of existence because we saw our parents succumbing to the needs of corporate America and selling their whole lives for what? A pension plan and a golden watch. Sexy. And how did that work out for them? It was a dream. But what you're doing too is a dream. Don't repeat their mistakes. Don't repeat your own mistakes around your relationship with your business, your relationship with your partner, your relationship with your body, your relationship with your children, your relationship with the spirit or God or the divine or the universe, whatever you want to call it. Don't miss the magic inside of this world around looking at a leaf inside of the sunset and how the sky gets painted pink so magically and so unpredictably don't miss the nuances of life happening all around us at all times and yes i know we're in a pandemic i understand but we can go outside and we can experience so many other layers of life and we're not doing it why because we're in our business trying to make it run trying to get a profit trying to shift certain things get my marketing plan on on point get these things situated get enough appointments on here Take time to have that lunch for an hour. Make your working hours and end it. Create expectations inside of your structure of business. You will thrive, my dear, I promise. Because within those boundaries, within those places of understanding, you keep yourself safe. And you won't feel the need to self-abandon. Now, in the beginning, and I feel like nobody talks about this, there is a withdrawal period. And it's painful and it's hard. Because the only thing you want to do is dive right back in to the feeling good of being one with that person or that business. And trust me, your brain 
is running a muck inside of the thoughts that it's feeding you. I must do it because I'm not going to survive. I have to do it because if I don't, then fill in the blank of fear. All the while, the fear of that brain should be, I'm losing my whole self inside of my business. And I'm missing out on my own life. Take the walk outside. Breathe the air. I know it's cold in the majority of America. And if it's not, eat it up, baby. Eat up life. We only have this one go around. And I know so many people say that, but like, do they really feel it? Like if you died yesterday and you were sitting here magically today with like a new start, a new perspective, and you listen to this podcast and you just happen to be in here with me for this moment. And you said, huh, how could I shift this to be 1% better? And you did. And you felt into the sunset that evening so magically. You had a second chance. You have a second chance. And you can make that into greatness. But greatness is truly a decision that happens every single day. But you have to feel worthy of that decision first. You have to know your worth that you are bringing into this world, inside of your business, inside of your family, inside of your friends, inside of your children. How rich and beautiful and delicious that truly is. How magical that is. And so when I hear my girls talking about how they begin to lose themselves in relationship or lose themselves inside of their business, the first place that I stop is inside of codependency to say, hey, 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 let's slow this all down. You're obsessing over what's not in our control and we don't need to do that. We don't need to go there. Set those boundaries with yourself. Trust yourself in the way that you're building this day in and day out so that you have the energy to wake up the next day with refreshing feelings, with excitement, with understanding, with joy. When I look at where it floods to the pain points of who this hurts the most, it is the most detrimental to the leaders themselves. Codependent leaders can be extremely successful at expanding inside of their business objectives, as I mentioned. But they may not be very good at achieving their own full potential in life, as you might imagine why. Part of their attention and energy is going into caregiving, caretaking, supporting, compensating, shifting. And 
And so when you are basing your decisions off of emotion, we can very easily get thrown off course by emotions of other people. And we will often compromise ourselves and our own needs as leaders to get our business needs met. Also, the types of clients that you will attract may be slightly nuanced. Think about it. I don't really trust you. If I have to mentor you a little bit, but I, I can't really mentor you because I have too many feelings that are stepping into the front of things. And I have a really hard time delegating things because I feel really guilty that I'm inconveniencing people. That means that I'm not giving my employees the opportunity to professionally develop or my clients the opportunity to develop with me over time. I also can't give them bigger projects. I can't give them things that will challenge them because I don't trust them. And then I don't have the ability to have employees that are really, or clients that are really making important decisions. So Rebecca, how do I actually heal this? Can you give me some like quick tips? This is always the question, right? Can you give me some quick tips on how to actually heal this and really understand this so that I can shift my business and keep my business super, super proactive? Going back to what I said inside of the podcast and the meat of the podcast, right? Definitely, definitely situate hours of work. These are my working hours. Even if you have some time on a Saturday, like carved out or a Sunday carved out, make those your working hours and make them clear. Next, when you feel this feeling of overwhelm and you're starting to flood into the emotions of your client's needs or your customer's needs or your partner's needs, uh, fill in the blank, right? Employees' needs. Establish boundaries, create those safety nets of policies and procedures that allow you to really rest your heart to not flood into something else, right? One of our policies behind the scenes in Rise, Rain, Roll, I coach full-time and I have a policy that if you have to cancel within a 24-hour period, it is a used session. And the reason for that was because I was truly running out of time and trying to compensate so, so hard around scheduling people in that I just burnt out dramatically. And it's a lot of energy to be in coaching. It's a lot of energy to be centered in that space in anything, whether it's your own business and real estate or being a loan officer or financial advisor, establishing those boundaries and creating and enforcing policies that allow you to really stay safe is critical. We rely heavily on our emotions to make decisions. And instead of that, I want us to really recenter into organizational processes instead of feelings. We need to learn to separate feelings from good business sense. And this is where 
I will say that we as women have only been in the workplace for nearly what, a hundred years. And our boundaries are very different. They're different because if my child is throwing up and screaming for mommy, there is a biologic response that actually steps in for me inside of my brain to make sure that that is an urgent matter. It's, it's wired inside of there. However, I do have boundaries on how many sick days do I have? How many vacation days do I have? And I keep track of all of that. Why? Because I need to make sure that I'm not overly taking time off or I'm not not taking time off. Candidly, last year, I did not take any time off but I hiked every single day. So there was balance incorporated into my life of decision-making and expansion. And that balance allowed me to shift my attention from my business stuff into a place of my personal. The next thing that I'll say is having these feelings or having these pools of responsibility. It's heavy and we can really get kind of touchy on this subject and we can get kind of reactive on this subject. Clearly defined boundaries. Okay clear expectations of others. Okay. Mutual respect in a sense of reciprocity. Beautiful. Also, compassion, kindness, and understanding that this is our opportunity to grow. This is our opportunity to understand my own limitations and understand that it's not really about me, but it's also about the ability to continue to grow inside of this journey as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, and as somebody that's simply curious around how is it best for me? Okay, I have these, these little tendencies. All right, I'm going to find compassion for myself. I'm going to find understanding for myself and slow everything down one step at a time. But I'm also going to notice when I feel like I'm not enough, when my focus and my obsession or my survival tactic is by creating enoughness with my clients or with my business. And when I find that dichotomy, then I'm going to pause myself and understand that, all right, I can slow this down. I am loved. I can slow it down and I can start to gain self-worth in a matter of a moment. I can slow this down and be seen and loved. And once, once your heart truly understands that love is an action to yourself, <laughs> to yourself, that love is an action to yourself that involves care. 
kindness, softness, and discovery, perhaps we don't really know all of the ways that we are love yet, and that's okay. But we're going to be kind and we're going to lead her as though she is our partner into a better life for the future of ourselves. This is a gift for a healthier version of you. You are choosing to change. You are choosing to to grow because you are love. And a lot of times the basis of a lot of our reactivity, a lot of our anger, a lot of our neediness, a lot of our frustration comes from exactly this place. Next week, I have an incredible, incredible topic for you, but I'm not going to give you a preview about it. You're going to have to see. Yes, it'll be next Thursday. And I am so, so, so looking forward to seeing you ladies and gents there. Thank you guys for supporting this podcast. I deeply appreciate it. If you are looking for more support, please feel free to head over to our free Facebook group named Her Reign. R-E-I-G-N, yes, like the queen, because those are who I teach and coach and mentor inside of that space. It is a completely free Facebook, open to whatever you may need, and I am totally open to topics. So if you have any suggestions for certain topics, except for next week's, um, I am absolutely open to guiding you with where you are and holding space for you at this point inside of 2022. It is truly my deepest honor for you to join me this in this podcast whenever time you chose to listen to it. <laughs> I honor you. Rain on.